Welcome to another episode of Unleashing the Future of Work, a guide live podcast, the best B2B jam session in the world, and specifically Oakland. If you're tuning in from Oakland this lovely morning, much love to Oakland. It is a beautiful, beautiful morning. The sun isn't up yet, but I want it to be up soon. But today I have a special guest with me nonetheless. And if you had a great week so far, please let us know, Oakland. But once again, my special guest today, I think you all are going to be excited to hear her. But let me know what you all are doing today. How are you starting your morning? Did you get that workout in? Did you check in on your mom? Did you check in on your dad? What are you doing? What are you reading in the news? Let us know in the comments and we'll show you some love and give you a shout out throughout the episode. But today, I have a really awesome guest with me. Her name is Joy Ofodu, and she helps young professionals build their careers. You may have seen her on LinkedIn because she is a rock star on that platform, sharing all kinds of tips and really helping people navigate their careers, especially if they're a young professional or a part of Black culture and the diaspora. And she puts it in her words, her mission in life is to empower communities, whether it be online or offline, and her work has been featured in Los Angeles Times, LA Weekly, Refinery29, Afropunk, People, Adweek, Blavity, you name it, she's been featured, and she continues to really, really kill it. And today, I'm going to ask her all kinds of questions on how she's built her personal brand, her recommendations and thoughts for how young professionals, or even if you're a mid-career, late-career, how you can really hone in on your personal brand, and her thoughts on a lot of the things happening right now around Black culture, brand building, and this kind of huge focus on the movement around what people are doing to highlight and empower Black creatives, because she's really, really passionate about that. So with that said, if you already know about Mrs. Joy Ofodu, please show us some love. You know, this is a woman from Africa similar to me and super excited to really dive deep on her, dive deep with her on culture and all of the amazing things that she's doing. So some Facebook user says she sounds amazing. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. Another one says, went live for the Agora Pulse Social Pulse Summit all about LinkedIn. Thank you so much for letting us know that. With that said, we'd love to bring on Joy to the show. Joy, what's up? Hey, it's so good to be here. I love the love already. <laughs> Absolutely. It's nothing but love on the B2B jam session. The best jam session in the world, by the this way. This is not gonna be this is not gonna be a boring one. Oh um, no, not at all. Not at guaranteed. all. Guaranteed. We're real, <laughs> real, real real casual over here. Right, right. Joy, let, let, so where are you tuning in from? Are you in San Francisco? Because we don't know where anyone at is at these days. Everyone is, is remote I, now. I like to keep it vague. Um, I, I say the city just for my own safety, but I live outside the city. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. We'd love for you to share a little bit about, you know, how long you've been doing what you do in terms of helping students and young professionals really navigate their career and kind of what brought you to this point and what you're doing. Yeah, it started for me, I think, when I was a USC student in 2014. So that was the time where, you know, exploded onto the scene in LA. I had this full tuition merit scholarship. I was ready to take on entertainment and like be a part of the industry, Black Hollywood, et cetera. So as I started gathering these like tools and really working on my work as a photographer or consulting and building up my own blog and social media presence, I was like, I need to turn around and, you know, kind of like pay it forward. Um, so I've always made it a point to, you know, accept mentorship, right? But also be a mentor to others in my space. I've been publishing, as you mentioned, on LinkedIn for a while, trying to just 
toy around with the algorithm and, and see what I can do there. But I think it really started again back in like 2014, 15, sharing my entertainment industry experiences, which mm. then have trickled in, of course, gradually into technology, um, which is where I am kind of an expert now. But the whole time, I think a driving force for me has been inclusion and representation. So mm. as long as I'm like opening up the door and creating space for other people in my industry to do what I do or do what they do better than I can, like that's what I'm here for. Tell me a little bit more about, have you always been passionate about that inclusion representation or is that something that kind of you know striked your attention with a lot of what we're facing in the world right now? Yeah, it's something that I think like I always wanted but couldn't really identify by name. So I always tell people like I'm a child of the internet, right? I grew up online, MMORPGs, I was in like 20 of them. I'm talking like, you know, Neopets, <laughs> RuneScape, MapleStory, that was all me, I was all over it. And through that kind of like process, right, of growing up online, you're consistently asked to like define and present yourself through avatars. So that was kind of my first experience of like lacking the representation because I'm now appearing online, which is like a space that I love as a character that is way lighter than me or much darker than me or is an animal, you know what I'm saying? Like never really feeling like there was that kind of like coming of age black girl. And so it really started for me, interestingly enough, like in gaming, but you're 10 years old. You're not thinking like, I would love enhanced representation in this space. <laughs> you're yeah. just like, I don't, I don't see myself here. Um, I think for me, the big defining moment was participating in research. So this is like fast forward many years later, I've been moving in and out of, you know, some like Nigerian American spaces, but really predominantly white or predominantly Asian spaces um, in academia and in my neighborhood. Finally, now I'm in a research institute that's like, there's a huge disparity, right? Between who's in front of the camera, behind the camera, what the actual composition of the world population is and what's represented on screen in Hollywood. So if we're seeing that like black women are only making up like a, a tiny percent of directors or tiny percent of on-screen appearances, I was like, it's no wonder I haven't felt connected right to the media and to the stories. Like it's no wonder I, I never found myself there. Um, and knowing that we could actually use research and data to encourage other people to like create these stories, to push them to, to validate our own existence. Once I got a whiff of that, I was like, I was addicted. So I made sure to do that in the entertainment industry when I was a part of it. Um, and then also now in technology. Yeah, so talk to me a bit about what, what motivated the shift, the, the um, you know, the, the movement from entertainment to technology, because you're really sitting at that intersection of media tech, which is only gonna continue to move as mm -hmm. we all go back to digital. Right in terms of interfacing with digital online, streaming yeah. continues to boom. Netflix recently just bought a whole bunch of amazing Black creative content from the '90s and early 2000s. Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. why did you see kind of technology as this next kind of frontier for you to take a lot of your talent and your mindset to? Well, I think in some aspects it was the push, right? Like you said, we have Disney, all these big like studios combining, right, and like eating each other up, and then also right, creating streaming platforms. So it was a bit of like an industry shift. It was also a, a cultural and kind of like workplace shift for me because when you're an intern, you just wanna do, 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 right? You would love to work for or support any big name company um, and to be a part of the magic there. But suddenly I was like, hmm, now that I can compare workplaces and I know that I'm a super talented employee and like the value that I drive in an office space, I can really try to optimize like a kind, inclusive workplace culture, you know, that allows me to be loud about representation. And I found that technology was the most kind of blatant 
you know, in that sort of like pursuit. So when I'm looking at companies that are like, yeah, we want to give people tools and, you know, give people a voice, it was very explicit where I was like, oh, I can jump in and like do things for the black community and not feel like I'm like, you know what I'm saying, sneaking around. So I think that that's what drove the cultural kind of like workplace shift for me. The final portion though is it was less so of a move and I think more so of a return. Like once I started interning in tech again and I'm supporting people and looking at new user feedback and da da da, I was like, yo, I've actually just been on the internet my whole life. <laughs> I've, I've been in these forums since I was five. Yeah. I was five years, this is so inappropriate, but like I was five years old, like on message boards and in like chat rooms, you know what I'm saying? Trying to like figure things out and learn the surfaces and participate in digital communities. So for me, it was actually a bit more of a return. Oh. And that was really exciting, you know, to be back in this space and be like, oh yeah, like I actually am kind of an internet geek. And I think that there's a mystification, you know what I'm saying? There's a there's a shroud, there's a cloud around tech and like who can participate. But just remembering that like any of us that, you know, hop on and use internet products, like we can be experts on the culture, we can be experts on the trend um, and black people, especially like, I feel like I, <laughs> black Twitter, for example, is like my primary font of humor. Hilarious. I feel like I, I can observe community trends and kind of tap into that to help companies understand how to speak to people. So that became a real superpower for me, especially when I had like independent consulting, people want to know like what the culture thinks and like the black community drives culture. So I found an interesting niche in like observing my friends, family, and even my own behavior and translating that into like business value. Yeah, no, that's so wild. It, it's such a unique skill. Being that you are the cultural savant, what's trending right now in the culture, right? Because there's a lot going on. Sadly, we just had someone recently pass away once again who's black um, due to police brutality. And I think I've been seeing a lot of people talk about that around black culture on Twitter. But what's the positive stuff that's trending in black culture that you've been kind of keeping an eye on or you think is speaking volumes to, to where things are moving from a cultural standpoint? Yeah, it's tough to be online. Like we yeah. can just we can just preface it with that. It's it's so tough because while you see a bunch of the the Issa Rae covers and the Zendaya fashion collabs and films that she's driving and John Boyega's got a deal now and he's rolling on African films and so there's all these moments of celebration. But as yeah. you mentioned, like they are tinged with this very real surfacing of something that has been going on for centuries. Right, which is this like systemic racism bubbling up in the US. So it's hard because especially scrolling on, you know, I don't know, platforms with timelines, I'm not gonna call anybody out. Yeah. But one moment you're seeing a puppy and then the next it's like, not the fae, then it's like a funny meme. And then the next it's like police brutality. Like it's, it's kind of very jarring. Um, so I try to protect my space, but I think some of the positive things that I'm seeing are this, I don't even want to call it new because that really discredits people who've been trying to do this for years, mm -hmm. but this push to really support black business. I think um, that's so exciting. Like all of this um, kind of this energy and, and this reclaiming of our own economic buying power. This is something that I tried to study more and like encourage people, especially in film for three years. I was the communications coordinator of African-American cinema society at USC. So it was consistently like inviting directors and producers to the table um, and back to campus to screen their films and encouraging people like, go support these films, like go buy tickets. This is what we should have been doing the whole time. And like, I can't act like I don't go to Amazon and make purchases, you know what I'm saying? But I am making a conscious effort. And I think a lot of people are to buy black first um, and frequently for common items. 
for luxury items like the Telfar bag, redefining, <laughs> redefining luxury, redefining accessibility. All of those are positive, and I love to see that. You know, it's so interesting. Someone re re recently recommended me to read this book called Conscious Capitalism. And it's it kind of talks a little bit about this focus on capitalism can be used for good if we start empowering consumers to buy or buy from organizations, people that they trust, that they value, that are, are driving systemic change in the world. And so yeah, yeah. what you're saying, feeling it 100 percent, because, uh, you know, I think we COVID-19 as well as kind of just the, the last five years. And I think where we're moving towards has kind of changed the way people think about their money. Right. And what they try to invest in right now, we're investing more in our family and our wellness, but more importantly, brands we really believe in and we feel as if we can trust. Yep. Yep. And there's that like, yeah, conscious investing, too, where I'm seeing people go, OK, wait a minute. Like, where is my portfolio actually stacking up? And like, am I you know, driving towards like petroleum? Am I driving towards? I'm like, whoa, I never even thought to use like investing is that um, someone said like your relationships are activism. Like, I feel like it's just forcing this 360 degree, you know, kind of like evaluation, right. Of like where we're showing up in the world and making sure that it's equitable. And we're not, so when you go to Chick-fil-A and you buy a sandwich, it's like, we need to remember <laughs> though the sandwich smack, like at all times, yeah. we need to remember who they're backing. Right. And like what that company supports. So um, all of those are, are valid. And I saw a question too about, um, like academia, I think that investing in academia is another question. That's a move I recently made. Um, and it's tough because like someone mentioned, like at Santa Clara, there was a recent incident that exposed a lot of the kind of like, you know, underlying bias of like the campus police force, for example. It's like, I'm really hard pressed to find one institution that is completely free and clean, right? Especially older institutions, academic institutions. Mm -hmm of systemic racism. It's a very like glass houses throwing stones thing. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, yeah, go ahead. I'll, let me, let me just sit down. Please name me like one institution, whether it's like a major tech company or it's an entertainment or there's kind of no industry that's completely clean right now. So the way that I think about it is absolutely like I want to use and leverage these institutions to the best of my ability. And what I encourage some of my mentees to do as well is like get in there, you know what I'm saying? Whether people look like you, whether they're being treated equitably or not, get in there and like do some, you know, do everything that you can to fix it where you have the bandwidth um, to do so. Yeah, that's incredibly empowering. I wanna show love to Jonathan who says, he agrees with you. A lot of the brutal videos that he's been seeing on his feed have been saddening. Shout out to Jonathan, he's super active on Twitter and LinkedIn and is an amazing UX designer pursuing his career in that field. And I'm sure he can get some personal branding tips from you, Joy. Okay, Jonathan. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Milsom, my boy, Carl. What's good, Carl? Often when we find our calling, we realize that it was our own heart calling us all along. How do you feel about that quote, Joy? Mm. Yeah, that like return to self. There's yeah. so much work. It's This has been kind of, when you talk about digital trends, this like inner child trend, you know what I'm saying, which has become almost corny now. But I think there's something real there like there's a business culture and a hustle culture when it comes to like finding your passion where people are like you know push 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 yeah. and I'm like I don't know if it's so much pushing and like forcing yourself into these uncomfortable environments to be successful in business as it is turning very inward and reverting and reminding reminding yourself of like what brings you joy what's what's energizing to you 
So that resonates, you know, with me. Some of the things that I ran from or I thought weren't monetizable or marketable are actually the parts of my personal brand that people love and resonate with the most. When I get very real about mental health, when I get very real about taking care of my physical health um, or therapy, or I'm a goofball, or I'm performing, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, that's my natural kind of like personality. Those are things I used to do as a kid, and now I'm bringing them into business. I dance on my on my stories every morning, you know what I'm saying? And I don't care if like my coworkers see it or the head of our organization sees it. Like I'm just wild and I'm just me. So I think there is something true to like an original calling um, rather than forcing ourselves into something that's like new or trendy or Forex. Yeah. <laughs> no, Forex is booming right now. You know, I, I, No I, disrespect because I know they're gonna get on my head. <laughs> Right, right. Forex is moving right now, but no, I love what you're talking about because it, it, it's authenticity. I think there's actually a, a a revisitation on how can we help people find their authentic you, their authentic them. And you do a lot of this in the personal branding work that you're doing. And I want us to touch on a little bit on that as well. Carla's saying, "Hi, Tim Joy. Great to er- interact with you both." This is a question for Nina. Shout out mm. to Nina. Thank you so much for tuning in this lovely Wednesday morning nina hopefully you're tuning in from a lovely safe home because we're out here in the city talking to you appreciate you Nina, for tuning in reverting yes i think you should do what your passion is this pandemic i think is the perfect time to build do you agree joy yes question and i say that because there was a lot of kind of negative you know what i'm saying toxic positivity we need to make the best of the situation mm-hmm. Everybody's got the same 24 hours in a day, especially now you should be picking up new tools. You should be picking up new classes. Everybody should be taking Harvard certifications and applying. It's like, yo, I think it's for everybody to individually negotiate what their capabilities are during this time and to draw from what energizes them during this time. I think this is the time to protect yourself. This is the time to invest in yourself, whatever that means. So for some people, it means maintaining the status quo. It means, let me just hold down this job. You know what I'm saying? It means, let me keep my nonprofit afloat. Let me, let me keep working on this business plan. I'm going to stay in school, whatever that means for you. Like it just means surviving. And I think that that is fine and should be rewarded too. But also of course, because our habits are disrupted, it's a great time to like dip your toe into something new or to activate on something that has been dormant for a long time but your day-to-day habits didn't really facilitate, you know what I'm saying, or, or mm-hmm. honor. So for me, it was that time where for years I've been giving career advice. People come to me all the time. <laughs> How did you get this job? Your resume, da, da, da. Can you look over? I'm like, yeah, which I love to do because, again, it energizes me to support people. But it really wasn't until the pandemic and having more weekend hours and more weekday hours of not commuting that I was like, I can aggregate and scale this business advice. So I launched an online course during this time, dreamed it up, worked with my mentee, did graphic design, whole marketing plan, da, 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 sold out the pilot and like had this group of students that I'm now like educating. That's something I definitely wouldn't have thought to do pre-pandemic. So I think it's a time to like honor yourself, protect yourself, but let your thoughts kind of like float, right? All those doors that you kept closed before because it just was outside of your routine, let yourself like be a little non-traditional in that way and, and see where that takes you. But I, I don't think it's the time to pressure ourselves again unnecessarily into, into areas that are vastly uncomfortable. I think it's, it's good to get a little uncomfortable when nobody's watching, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, 
but I've never thought that business required, I've never thought that success in business required such a like huge, you know, like jump. Like we shouldn't be, <laughs> stay alive. We should not be jumping off the deep end um, during this time. Yeah. That's, that's my personal thinking on it. You know, and, and, and I love how your your personal take is that everyone has should have to find their own individual experience with this pandemic because it's truly it's truly uh, a, a something that you have to define because it continues to kind of affect society. Um, I think we're probably in the twilight of it all, but you know, we launched a company during this pandemic, and I think that the biggest thing that I love about what you said is that people should protect themselves um, physically, mentally, more importantly, because there's been a huge rise mental health issues during this time and we should see this as a point of kind of rebirth um, yes yep yeah Re the word re when you said that i'm like ooh, like that was a huge light bulb for me there were a bunch of things i started anew right or recycled or i think of it more like a phoenix you know what i'm saying because there was a total you get the the breakdown before the breakthrough is something that i read and so this time has definitely been a huge breakdown for me, huge humbling breakdown. Um, but I've had breakthrough. I launched my online course. I got like back into publishing and I found out I'm a top 2% LinkedIn publisher in marketing. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> so got back into, back, got back into publishing. Um, I applied to grad school and got in. Um, wow. I applied to an industry program, semi-finalist, but wasn't a finalist, but it's fine because I applied. It's something I never would have done. Um, and then even like I'm working on like new relationships and like an internet dating, which is like a whole weird space. But so I just think that there's a lot that broke that had to like be put together again. So I'm, I'm here for all that. Powerful, powerful. Want to show love to Mr. Martinez once again, who's feeling you on all kinds of levels. He's saying, Hi, Jonathan. I am investing in myself and he continues to invest in himself. Whether it's a Telfar bag or your <laughs> education, I just... I believe in it. Invest uh, in you because you'll never go wrong and like you'll earn it back. You know that what you pay for an online class or graphic design certification or even your educate as long as you have a strategic plan. And this is something I work on with my course. Like sometimes we focus so much on like catapulting ourselves to the opportunity. We forget mm -hmm. to make the strategic plan for getting through it and like getting visibility. We think like that the big announcement and the big accomplishment is the admission or the acceptance or starting a new job. It's like, yes, that's definitely something to celebrate. We should celebrate all the way. But like after you get there, we gotta keep growing. You gotta keep bragging. Like this is something that I think a lot of like my mentees and people I talk to struggle with. Brag your way through that thing, you know what I'm saying? So that the next thing is like waiting on the other side. Um, so invest in you, but like keep bragging about it. Show off the Telfar bag. <laughs> Yeah. I know I will in January. If you're giving us a taste of what people can expect in the course, man, I'm buying. <laughs> I feel like you're the last person that needs it, but at the same time, sometimes we get so used to our own routines that like learning from peers is exactly like what we need. That was part of the reason I pushed myself back into school is I was like, of course, I've been operating like the top of my industry and then like a big company, et cetera. But there is so much to learn in the way of how are other organizations approaching problems, how are my peers approaching problems that I think is is really refreshing. So there's there's mentorship and knowledge from everyone. I would be so happy to have you as a student. Yeah, yeah. Much love, much love, everybody. Michael Henderson is saying, break down before the breakthrough. Shout out to Michael Henderson, who is 
a child of the world. I know Michael personally. He travels everywhere. So he definitely probably has a soul connection with all of the things that you're saying, Joy. So shout out. Much love to, to Michael for tuning in. You know, Jonathan says one of his recent rebirth wins was he hired a black business coach. I like that. Go ahead, Jonathan. Start that web design agency or UX design consultancy group. I love it. I love it, man. Carl, once again, said, if you're finished learning, you finish moving forward. How do you feel about this, Joy? And I actually want to touch on it because you're a course creator. Um, mm -hmm. You're a avid educator online. And, you know, you are a master at personal branding because you build brands for other companies and institutions. So I want you to share a little bit about, you know, how do you continue to learn and stay ahead of the pack? You first have to keep your eyes open. And so this is the hard part I mentioned because social can be such a volatile place. Um, so protect your energy when you're doing it. But I consume a lot of other people's marketing, right? As a marketer, I watch ads, <laughs> those like little Hulu commercials that like usually like piss people off. I'm like, what's going on here? You know, um, <laughs> I play little games with myself between like MBA commercial breaks of like, okay, what's the product for? Or like, you know what I'm saying? Is this a product or a service? Like just playing like little games like that um, keeps me kind of fresh, especially since I've been out of school for so long. Um, I like actually, sounds so dorky to be exposing me, but I love, I love going onto LinkedIn and just seeing other marketers brag about the projects that they've launched. It gives me kind of like inspiration and just like a, an industry level setting of, ooh, how are people approaching digital? How are people commissioning other artists? Like. Temi Coker just did crazy work with Foot Locker and mm -hmm. we've hired Temi for other stuff. So I'm like, ooh, you know, so it's like things like that of just doing that like peer landscape kind of like review, that keeps me really fresh um, as a marketer to keep learning. I think I keep creating too. So as we launch like new tools or products, you know what I'm saying, in the tech industry, I'm like, hmm, I should get on that. I should test that out, you know, so mm -hmm. that I'm not speaking, you know, out of my butt from things, but as a user, not just as a marketer, as a user, I'm actually like toying with the products that are like new on the landscape. That helps me keep learning too. And now of course, like it's gonna be really formal. I'm pursuing a master's of science in marketing. I'm gonna get into ethics, which is an area that I think um, a lot of people don't like formally study. You just kind of learn it on the job. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into that too. That's powerful. And it's so interesting because you it seems that you suck in inspiration from others. Yeah. Which, but you use that to derive your own creativity and your own perspective, which is essentially creativity in a nutshell. And, you know, I think that the best creatives know how to do that, but still like an artist, right? With some yeah. and some ethics behind it, which is really, really important. And you learn from everything you've done in your analytics too. Like you think oh. I don't look at it and how things perform. I do, I don't, I try not to let them like drive my life. Like in my personal social, I think of it as like experimenting. I don't like, and this is the reason why I don't know if I could be like a famous YouTuber or influencer or whatnot. <laughs> I think my audience will grow naturally as it kind of like has on LinkedIn. Um, but like, I don't like to let the past performance of my social posts mm. dictate what I should post next. Mm. I just kind of like experiment with the things that I love and enjoy doing. And then I observe how they perform. So whether I'm like, like I run ads for the East Bay SPCA um, as well. Like I love my canines. So that's like an area for me to kind of like toy around. You know what I'm saying? An experiment, like, but still serve. Social, I'm entertaining my audience or my followers and my community, but like I'm observing and I'm like gleaning insights from there. So I think definitely looking at the past performance of anything you've done instead of this 
we have this sometimes I feel like volatile, like creative energy of just like make, 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 launch, make, 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 launch. What's the next thing? But we do need to go back sometimes and, and learn from what we've done, if not to dictate what you should do, at least to be able to predict how your next project will be received. Woo! Take notes on that, y'all. That's powerful. Insights, analytics that reinforce where you're going. They're not, free. Not, not for you to copy and duplicate. Hmm. They're free. Powerful, powerful. No, much love to Carl who's saying it's not necessarily about competing or even keeping up. Sometimes it's just about contributing. That's a that's 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 love right there. And I think uh, one of the the biggest things I'm talking about in my in my book that I'm going to be launching soon is the fact that I think we're moving towards the era of leadership where it's it's more about leaders having contributors versus mm. having following, right? Like you know, I think especially as a creative, you're always looking to have. Uh, kind of a, a ecosystem or community of people who can create with you, not follow your work, but create with you and are inspired by your work. What do you think about that, Joy? I believe in that. Nike doesn't get by off of fans alone. Beats doesn't get by off of fans of the headphones alone, right? Bringing in other partners and influencers who are able to endorse, um, whether it's like Gap or other companies inviting people to the table to co-create. That's what mm -hmm. inspires people. Like, I want to see you team up with, you know, someone or a brand that I'm you know, already a fan of to create something new and get inspired by like that collaboration collabs and like the infamous like X, like we're still, we're still very much in the this by this right era. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of that. That's so true. That's so true. You know, Joya, what is your one powerful takeaway for our guy community on how they can build their personal brands and I think stay ahead of the pack and whatever they're doing creatively or in their own disciplines. Ooh, one singular. Mm, I think just like shout your wins mm. is one. So it's not always about bragging, but creating, I'll say just like create a record. For mm. me, I was making new discoveries and having such fun and creating art. It wasn't the best. If you compare my photography from 2014 to now, huge embarrassing difference, but it's just, it's growth. Um, I think that no matter like where you're starting from, just keeping a record, right, of your journey. And, and, and finding, this is like, again, corny because it's like the name of my course, but like literally finding joy in your journey, right? So that every step from when you, you start designing, from when you start reading about business, that you're talking about that because what you speak into existence, like will literally occur. I think that we can create paths for ourselves, especially career paths with our words. People, some people call it manifesting. Some people call it praying. Some people call it planning. I think it's all the same thing, but once you start to publish and use hashtags and say, hey, this is like what I'd like to learn more about. This is what I'm working on. This is what I've started. That's what attracts people to you. That's what that's how you build a community, right? People don't just want to see the finished product, especially since we're all a mess. So it's okay to show people a work in progress. It's okay to show people like behind the scenes as you build something. Um, mm -hmm. Keeping in mind that attention spans are a little short, right? So nobody wants to watch like a one hour as I'm building this, right? <laughs> <laughs> movie on Netflix. <laughs> right. Um, like, because think about, I don't know if it was Titanic or Avatar, all the behind the scenes happen after the thing is already a phenomenon, right? But I think that we are approaching more of an era where people are curious to see you starting up and like the little wins that you're like getting along the way. So I have a friend, for example, her name is Joy Wade, and she has this company called Joyful Bee. It's like black women's hair care, 
but she's been taking us through the journey of launching her company by showing us like, oh, this is where like I'm sourcing different, you know, like different suppliers. This is how I'm building the boxes and shipping and mistakes that I made last week. And oh my gosh, look, it's filling up my house. And so we're seeing the business grow and you feel like you're cheering her on and you're like a part of, you know, you feel like you were shooting in the gym versus yeah, just coming the, movie, the movement. That's what I'm saying versus coming up across something that's just like pristine and perfect. And, and I know exactly, you know, how to do this. I'm not sharing my, my learning. So um, I think offering value and like sharing, sharing your learning and your, your mistakes along the way is really valuable, but it's just, it's about keeping a record. Like, I love that I can go back to my website. I can search any company name or brand name or photography or entertainment. And I can see everything I've done in that space since 2014, because I've been publishing like on a monthly basis. Um, and my community, my fans, et cetera, they can see that too. Um, and I think that's really important. Wow. So that, that system of records speaks to your personal brand and also allows you to humble brag inherently and people know why you're credible of what you do and the, and, the, and the movements that you continue to lead. And you're like a light bulb, right? You're going to attract all the mods, all the personal branding mods, all the public speaking, the gaming, whatever like industry. And this is the thing. It's not just for people who want to be influencers or in front of camera or performative or podcast hosts, et cetera. I really think personal branding and like website portfolio building, it's for everybody. Yeah. Like that, that Google search of your first last name, I always say like that should turn up you. It should turn up something that you own. Better you know? turn up a personal website <laughs> or your LinkedIn or something, wherever you're most well, that's what you want, right? You want to control the narrative. So I encourage people to look into the SEO of it as well. Yeah, man, that's so profitable. Joy, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. It's truly been a joy to have you. And want to give the last word to the awesome Carl Milson, who's been tuning in throughout this entire episode. He says, if people see the journey, they cannot miss the arrival. Preach, Carl. You're talking to the choir, my friend. And once again, I want to show love to Mr. Martinez. So I'll give both of you all the last word. He says, it feels, it feels good to contribute and be appreciated for the contribution. Yes. And that's huge, especially when you're a designer or you're creative. You know, creativity and just that, that entire space when you're doing UX design, marketing, whatever, it's, it's very open source. You know, we, we share with one another, um, mm -hmm. learn from each other, and that's how... Um, better creative work kind of comes out. Joy, thank you so much for joining us. We need to have you on for a future episode. What, what do you think? Maybe maybe once you get into school and you start learning all of the things around the fundamentals of marketing ethics, right? <laughs> I would love that. I would love to come back to you as a very ethical marketer. So let's do yeah. that. <laughs> we would love that, Joy. Thank you so much for joining us. And please, if you learned anything and you really enjoyed this episode, please show Joy some love on LinkedIn. She's super active on Twitter as well. Tag us. Let us know what you learned. Make sure you share this video with your friends, your family, and your boss. <laughs> and your boss. Please show us some love. Joy, it was so lovely having you on. Great to be here. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Joy. Talk to you soon. <laughs> and that was the amazing Joy Odin. Please check her out. She's one of the top marketers literally in the world and in the city of San Francisco, Oakland. Please, please, please work once again is the feature
probably not a but you will be hearing the film on my next episode. We're going to be talking with two uh, founders and operators at AI, which is a sales company. better at sales, but we're going to talk to them a little bit about the founding story of how they built their What's that journey been like? What is it? What is it like building a startup in COVID nineteen? Because we all know some people are doing it and some people are making it do it. But we're gonna really, really talk about that and really dive deep with them with our lovely partners at and their CEO, Ryan. So please, please, please make sure you join us once again. We're gonna be going right back here live at seven AM. So make sure you come in on my page, make sure you share it out, and you grab a water.